Unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. And we welcome you to another edition of the podcast. It's a solo effort tonight or today. If you're listening during the daylight hours. But we are here to talk about things sports, mostly from the weekend, but some other thoughts as well. As always, we urge you to subscribe if you are not subscribing already. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So the Daytona 500, what has happened to the great American race? The Super Bowl of stock car racing, to me, has turned into a big, big joke. I have cousins who are huge NASCAR fans that are not going to be happy with my sentiments on this. But, I don't know, is it four or five times in the last seven, eight years, six, seven years, that the 500 has been marred by big multi-car crashes in the last 20 laps, 10 laps, that cause huge delays. I mean, you talk about baseball being slow. (laughs) Finishing a NASCAR race is downright dreadful and painful. They wonder why they're losing their fan base, besides the fact they've overpriced it uh, over the years. But just, it's, you know, I had it on my second screen while I was watching the uh, Orlando Apollos game and just seeing the amount of time that the poor announcers have to fill just waiting for a restart as the cars are parked on the super slab. Oh, that is unbelievable. However... That said, the Daytona 500 actually had better ratings than the NBA All-Star Game. Not really a game. <laughs> the NBA All-Star Skills Exhibition is probably what they should rename this. Uh, I did not watch that because I can't just watch, you know, 300-something points being put up on the board with no defense. You know, the... Uh, the Steph Curry bounce pass to Giannis. I did see a highlight of that. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. But this is really not a game. And I also didn't like the fact, you know, the NFL toyed with this as well, getting away from the conference affiliations. You know, so the NFL had, you know, they would do like Michael Irvin's team and Jerry Rice's team. The NBA decided to go Team LeBron and Team Giannis. And... So you would have players that might be on the same team playing against each other based on Giannis and LeBron drafting the all-stars that were selected as opposed to going with the conference affiliation. So I think that probably makes the game a little hard to kind of track as well. But not to sound like a complete grump about the all-star game, I will say this. I did like the fact they kind of dude did a ceremonial thing with Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki, I think that was a that was a classy move, and I think that's something they should probably do every year for guys who uh, are on their on their way out, getting ready to uh, uh, close off their NBA careers that have been great stars and all stars for many many years. So I did like that touch. So that's a nice nice piece of work there by the NBA. But again, ESPN. You would. It just amazes me. The NBA All Star Game now has lost in consecutive weeks to 
the American Alliance football opener on CBS. Then they lose to NASCAR the following week in the ratings. But if you watched ESPN, you would think the NBA was on par with the NFL. And it just is not. How that you know, continues to be emphasized by the by ESPN. I know they've put a lot of money and a lot of stock into pro basketball, but they treat it like it's the NFL. And it has been proven time and time again, it is not. Turning to baseball, spring training, they will do the pitch clock once again. 25 seconds, I believe, between pitches. Or is it 20? I can't remember. But uh, I do like the idea. To help speed things along, I do think what baseball needs to get back to is, you know, they said they were going to start emphasizing guys staying in the batter's box as opposed to having, here's the pitch. Guy steps out of the box, puts the bat between his legs, he straps his gloves on and off, adjusts his helmet, twists to the side, adjusts the cup, kind of does this, kind of does that. You know, 45 seconds later, he gets back in the box. You know, I want them to really get strict on keeping guys in the box. I think that would make the game a whole lot quicker. I know some of the other items discussed were potentially getting rid of shifts. Yeah, I don't think that's a big, you know, if you want to beat the shift, learn how to hit the other way. Talking about limitations on pitching changes. You know, if a guy comes in, he can't just face one batter and throw one pitch. And, and then you bring in another guy out of the bullpen. If he gets that guy out, we're talking about like a three batter minimum. I'm not really sure that's the way to tinker with it. You know, the pitching changes are kind of crazy. And I get the fact, you know, managers want to manage how they do. And they want to bring in, okay, I got to have a lefty on lefty here so I can get this critical out in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning. But then, you know, these relievers, you know, if they're only pitching to left handers, if they're a left hand reliever, it's just kind of odd that they don't learn how to get right-handers out. You would think guys would want to be more developed and have a bigger repertoire, but I digress. So the big free agent pool, it was Manny Machado, Bryce Harper. Machado has been signed, $300 million to the San Diego Padres. So the Padres are loading up, trying to get uh, their team to the next level. Bryce Harper still out there. I just think Bryce Harper is highly overrated. He wants a super long-term deal. I don't think he's done enough to warrant that. I, I think 10-year deals at $300 million and, and, and the kind of money they throw out is completely insane. But guys want to get the, the key free agent superstars. But Bryce Harper is hes a good player. Pretty good player. He's not great. So I don't think he commands that kind of money. It just it just is beyond me. If anybody signs him to more than a four or five year deal, I would be extremely, extremely shocked at that. Well, I mentioned the Orlando Apollos earlier. They are now two and zero on the season, getting a come from behind win. Over San Antonio this past Sunday, the Apollos look like the best offense in the Alliance so far. 
like the way they play. Got the long ball working. Charles Johnson on the end of big, long passes there. And we'll see what happens when the Apollos return home. Will attendance translate at Spectrum Stadium? We'll have to see what's going to happen with this league. As you know, the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes has now become a $250 million investor. And now chairman of the league. It's kind of interesting because there's two stories going out that the league was out of their original $100 million startup money and that they were going to have problems making payroll. They did have a delay in payroll. They have said that's just a little administration problem, but we've got it worked out. And the other spin is that, you know, they had an investor who saw what happened in the early stages of the league and says, I'm going to get in on that now. It's not a good sign for the league initially, but they're getting some funds. This will allow them to complete their season. It will be interesting to see how it plays out. So far, Orlando, San Antonio appear to be the best teams. Could be the potential championship game. The other teams are not shown much. Some of those games have been a little, you know, get a little nap while you're watching that contest going on. So we'll keep an eye on the Apollos and the progress of the Alliance. Turning to college basketball, the UCF Knights, big game on Thursday night and on the road at Cincinnati. The Bearcats are the number two team in the American Athletic Conference. UCF, this is uh, their time to make a statement. This is where the rubber hits the road. They're going to play the top two teams in the conference in three of the next six games. So this is their, their statement time. Get those big quadrant one wins. They'll play Cincinnati twice. They have a rematch with Houston at Houston. The Knights lost here in Orlando to the Cougs. And they'll play SMU, which is no pushover. And they'll have South Florida again, a much improved team, even though the Knights dominated them here in Orlando. I think that uh, contest will play out a little bit differently over in Tampa. So if the UCF Knights want to make it back to the tournament for the first time since 2005, they need a strong showing down the stretch. Right now, they would be, you know, maybe a 10 or 11 seed and 12 seed in that neighborhood. But they could really lock down their positioning with some strong showing down, down the stretch, not having to rely on winning the conference tournament, which will take place in Memphis. And I would look out for the Tigers in that because that's their building. They play exceptionally well there. The Knights can tell you that firsthand after the whipping they took up there. The Tigers have struggled more on the road. They've been competitive, but they are a monster in their building. So they could be a favorite, even though they're not the top team in the conference. I would uh, put a lot of stock in them as far as their conference tournament is concerned. And finally tonight, how about this? The New Jersey Devils, they host David Putty Night. <laughs> we took it to you. You couldn't get it out of your zone all night. 
We were aggressive. We didn't let you bet it. Yeah, all right, that's enough out of you. There's still three more games left in this series, my friend, and it's far from being over. Very far from being over. What the? Hey, what are you doing? Watch where you're driving, man. Don't mess with the devil, buddy. We're number one. We beat anybody. We're the devils. The devils. I love Patrick Warburton as David Putty on Seinfeld. That was one of the uh, great sports moments that they uh, uh, like to mix into the program. David Putty and so the Devils, they had a 90s night and decided to have a David Putty night. And Patrick Warburton showed up in character, face paint and all. He did do a little face paint on the bench, but uh, they even had a David Putty bobblehead. Man, I would love to snap. <laughs> one of those but that is awesome so I, I i love to tip my cat to great marketing ploys and that's a great way to tie that in as uh david putty patrick warburton was on the scene to relive his uh don't mess with the devils <laughs> i love it and with that we are done here Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88, on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Kramer's Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. It's made from the finest ingredients so it stops itching, heals hot spots, and painful inflamed skin. Kramer's Salve contains a proprietary blend of neem, an ingredient known for its healing properties. A 4-ounce 6-month supply, including shipping, is just $30, and the 2-ounce 3-month supply, including shipping, is only $20. Help your dog end the itch and hot spot cycle. Order today at KramerSalve.net. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.